Welcome to Around the Table. In this episode, the Elder Brothers wrap up how to prepare for a successful marriage if it's a yes, and then share wisdom about the other possible outcomes, such as getting a wait or no, and how a brother or sister should process that. Well, we're back together. We covered the first three letters of the FAITH acronym in our first session, and we want to take off again here with transparency and but it, and learning to be open with leadership and sometimes even also with their wives. And so as we touch on this, I just want to encourage, especially sisters, just to, to think about how we work through this portion of the, the time between uh, the receiving a yes on the proposal and getting ready for marriage and some of those adjustments. So sometimes there's things that we just don't expect and they're, they could be hard to work through. And sometimes we just need a woman to woman talk. And Mary Beth, you've experienced that some, I think, where there's been tender moments and you've had people come to you and, and work through that. Yeah, there have been. And it's really a, it's really a joy and a privilege and to um, walk with someone through that. It's also important for the ones who are married and part of the congregation for the sisters to be aware of the engaged sisters or um, couple that is in the church to also make make effort to get to know them and to encourage them and to sense maybe when they're struggling. So it kind of goes both ways, the newly married one or engaged one to reach out, but then also the settled ones in the congregation to recognize where they can step up and encourage. Yeah. And it's a joy kind of to feel like Terry, I don't know how much opportunity you've had on that. Just, it feels to me like a real joy to share that with my wife. And uh, if you had opportunities just where sisters come to you and even through this stage seeking counsel. Not necessarily one-on-one, but Craig and I do the marriage counseling together. So we, we get to talk with the couple together and and that brings in you know the perspective from a male's side and also from a female's side so we enjoy that yeah yeah one of the couples chose us to go through the what we talked about in the on the last one and one of them chose to go through that uh, growing healthy marriages study with us and we found that to be a real blessing matter of fact my wife says she loves it when i preach a wedding service because i raise the bar on myself yeah. <laughs> but i think I, I think the reality is that the word raises the bar on all of us <laughs> in our relationship. So, you know, it's good to be transparent and vulnerable with each other, not to be afraid of leadership or not to think that some of our fears or our adjustments in the engagement period are unique to us because there's a lot of change going on and we've got to figure out how to deal with that and uh, work through it. Yeah. So in the Bible, you know, it, it, it tells us in Proverbs eleven fourteen that, where no counsel is, the people fail. And so that's what we're talking about is being transparent so that we can learn from each other. And then it says, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Now, I think for us here in Princeville, and I think probably for most of our churches, the bride's elder arranges the marriage counseling. And that can go in in various ways. But one thing that we use, I believe, in Princeville and Walcott both is there's a binder and it's called a threefold cord. And maybe, Brother Greg, you can just explain what that is and how we we use that for counseling in with uh, 
these new couples that are going through this relationship. Yeah. And there's just tremendous tools. I think that we've been provided and again, we're touching on another one of those that ACCFS and elders working together have helped provide some structure for us. And so we all have this binder as elders and it really has three stages in it, the early engagement stage, the mid engagement and the late engagement. And so I'm sure we use the tools just a little differently with our own personalities, but, you know, very early in the engagement, I want to get together. And, and I think primarily that part of it focuses on laying a groundwork for biblical principles, some of which we touched on earlier, but it's, it's laid out in a structure where based on the relationship and based on the couple that you're counseling, you can focus on different parts of that and just have a really open, neat discussion. And I'm really appreciative of that. And then we move on to the mid-engagement stage and we think about um, marital logistics like finances and where are we going to live, some of those kind of things. And we're making sure that the wedding plans are coming along okay. And I always, you know, just really encourage them that they need to focus on the building blocks of marriage. Sometimes we can get real caught up in this stage, uh, very focused on the on the wedding and well, that's important, and we understand what a what a celebration it is to have guests and all of come, and all of those things are really, really important. We don't ever want to minimize that, but not to get lost or caught up in those details and miss the building blocks of of preparing for marriage. And then it's in the, and then it's third uh, counseling is this late engagement where we get down into probably a little more final thoughts on on the more intimate parts of of spirituality emotional and even physical oneness that's that's coming up and uh, is that similar to how you use it craig or what what do you do with it we do and uh we feel like it's a time to again get to know the couple and then they get to know leadership and it's just been a really good experience to go through that threefold cord binder with them so then we come to the last letter in the word faith, which would be H. And this is so important to have a healthy perspective of marriage. And one thing that we need to be aware of is, is that marriage is not an escape from or a solution to our problems. So we that's need to realize sure. that, yeah, it's, it's just not going to fix something that's wrong in our lives. Matter of fact, it probably will bring on more problems. But when we think about the, the gender differences between a man and a woman, they're certainly there. And the scripture would help us that we could understand ourselves. And really, I think the temptation that maybe some men have is that their perspective of marriage is, is maybe not healthy in the fact that there's a temptation to lord over our spouse or our future marriage partner. And then for an, another temptation would be for the sister or the wife, future wife, that she would idolize that relationship and that she would, would have the thought that she's not a real person unless she's married. And we need to realize that the most important thing in our lives is the call of God in our relationship with God. So a healthy perspective of marriage is not going to fix problems in our lives. It's only through yeah. Jesus Christ that those things are going to be set free and fixed yeah, in our I, lives. 
I really appreciate that. I think if, you know, there's selfishness or any of those kinds of behaviors, self-centeredness in, in our lives, they really do get amplified in living with someone full time, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Terry, maybe you can share a little bit about your perspective of marriage where it was wrong. Yeah, so I think I had um, my expectations set too high as far as what Craig could do to satisfy myself. But I think it's so important, and I, I encourage the sisters when we do marriage counseling to just really maintain your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ, because he is the only one that can really satisfy all your needs. I mean, a husband and a wife, we can satisfy each other in a lot of ways, but we are human and we are going to fail and let each other down in some point in time and in certain areas. So it's just really important to have that perspective of marriage before you even go into it. Yeah. And and I think Greg and Mary Beth, you would say the same thing that good marriages take work. They just don't happen. Oh yeah. We have enough differences in ourselves. I make decisions very quickly where Terry takes her time and researches things out. And that's, okay. I need to ponder on things a while before I make a decision. Uh, <laughs> probably a good balance for each other, right? <laughs> it, it really has been a good balance because she needs to be sped up sometimes. And, and he uh, needs to be slowed down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, I really appreciated that thought of expectations. And I think that's where I found I had so many expectations and I wouldn't always share them with Greg. And then when he wouldn't do them or respond in a certain way, I was disappointed. Well, he had no idea what I was expecting. Right. So it comes to having realistic expectations and even sharing those, you know, right. if everything's so little as the going out on a date, what that's going to look like and how romantic, especially when you're first married and then you end up going to Menards afterwards, you know, <laughs> it's, just, it's just learning things about each other and it takes vulnerability and openness and not to make the other one guess what you're thinking. Just tell them. <laughs> I mean, after 35 years, what's a date without Menards? Yeah. You know? yeah. And that refers a lot to gender differences too, you know, right. You know, as, as females, we think that, they can read our minds and yeah. Well, one thing when you talk about expectations, this is one that we really kind of joke about, but you know, I, I, I was a bachelor and did my own laundry somewhat pathetically for a number of years. But when I got married, I learned that my wife expected that my socks were turned right side out when they went into the laundry, not that she turned them right side out when they came out of the laundry. If that's what she wants, I turn my socks right side out when I put them in the hamper. <laughs> so it's little expectations. But like I had that you to want. tell you. Yeah, you, she didn't have to tell <laughs> I had me. To tell <laughs> More than once, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, that's neat. But okay. it's those little things that build a healthy marriage, right? Yeah, yeah. Now there are some things to help us. Again, some tools. And Terry, maybe you want to share with us what is prepare and enrich that the ACCFS has for us that we can get a research-based assessment. Maybe just share a little bit about that program. Yeah, so this is a, a another tool we can use <clears throat> besides the three-cold binder. And so the prepare part is for engaged couples, and the enrich part is for the couples that are already married. That operates the same way. 
It increases awareness of ourselves and our fiancés and or our spouse. So I'll, I'll speak more to the prepare part since we're talking about engaged couples. So they answer all these questions and then they're sent back to ACCFS and they compile them and, and send it back to the elder of the engaged couple. And then the results will show areas of strength in that relationship or areas that might be needing some growth. So the couple would know this before they're actually married, that this is areas that they might need to work on or that they have differences in, just so they are aware of those. And it also stimulates um, healthy conversation, either between the, the engaged couple or between the engaged couple and the minister or the mentor that is helping them through that. Yeah, and I've even just preparing for this made me realize I've been a little deficient in that area. And there's a lot of tools out there, and this is an exciting tool. And I think just utilizing them all and, and recognizing we don't have to use every tool every time with every couple, but just as couples knowing that there's a lot of lot of things available as we work together and walk through this phase of, of building a, a healthy engagement and a, and a healthy beginning, laying a good foundation to our marriages together. Yeah, so that pretty well concludes um, some thoughts that we had around the yes answer of a proposal. And so now we want to transfer into what happens if the answer is wait or it's not the time. We usually use a two-phase proposal method. Maybe the first question that we ask is, are you ready for even a proposal before you would even give the name? Mm -hmm. And yep. then is that the way you do it? I think as, oh, as yeah. far mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. out there. And so then also we would, would have sometimes it's just wait without a no name given. And some of the reasons why maybe people or sisters, brothers or sisters would, would not want to move forward, but would we await would be a job transition, education. There might be personal issues. There might be family mm -hmm. situations where it's just not the time for a, uh, an answer of yes or no in this proposal. And so it's a wait. And yeah. so certainly God can use that in our lives as well. So haven't really you found that really positive too, Craig? I mean, just to, to just know that readiness is important, first of all. And, uh, well, I don't know if you ever had this situation, but somebody told me that they want to wait, but they wanted to know the name. And I said, well, it's really kind of one or the other. <laughs> or either we're really ready to get married and, and it can be that temptation, right? Even though we feel not a readiness, but uh, if the Lord's got something on our heart, I think it's it's okay to realize that there's some things that we need to work out, whatever those things are, things that you talked about, positive things, right? And and things where God knows best and he wants those things to be settled uh, and, and maybe out of the way before uh, move forward into a, this big of a commitment. Yeah. And so then the other answer, we have a yes, a wait, and then now would be a no. And, and really, I think this is a time of growing as well. Maybe, Brother Gray, you could speak and start us out on if the answer is a no, what are some of the experiences, hard experiences that we deal with in our relationship with God? Yeah. Well, I, I just have to say that this is one of those areas that 
has been difficult for me. I mean, when I think about a sincere proposer, I'm not going to say brother or sister, but just when someone's sincerely proven it out and they come, they share their testimony of faith, they share how they got to where they are, they're sincere, um, they're deeply moved. And so, you know, you go through the process and you forward the proposal and I must kind of be the eternal optimist, but I kind of always, you know, step out with that person in faith. And so when it comes back and no, um, it's hard conversation to have. And so when I think about that, I've noticed some patterns. Matter of fact, there was a, a very um, experienced brother had shepherded a large congregation many years and he's retired now but at a conference we were talking about marriage proposals and he spoke about the no and i really love what he had to say he said i have found that the surrender up front in in really reaching a point where the person comes to the recognition that to be in god's will they really need to ask and then there's this certain letting go of what the answer is going to be um, is really important. And so when you come back, if it's dealing with rejection or just working through that, what would God have in this or trying to sort through that? It seems to be able to go more positive if there's been a more complete surrender up front. I don't know how to coach that. That's hard, right? Because there's a lot of emotion in a proposal, don't you think, Craig? It yeah. just uh getting to that point there is and you know i mean as as we deal with these situations we um we want to be tender as as far as a a church leader as far as an elder or under shepherd to give that response i think we want to do it with grace and mercy and encourage them not to become discouraged because again the most important part our our value is in the calling of God. And he even, you know, we can read in the Psalms where David was open and honest with God and he shared his disappointments with him. And so I think even a no can be part of our spiritual journey that shapes us and molds us into more Christ-likeness. I think Satan would love to tell us that you are a failure and when you when you receive rejection or receive a no but we're not in god's eyes yeah Um, Yeah. i think you can look at the story of joseph and and really how much rejection he had in his life but it matured him and it shaped him for a spiritual journey and and god just used him so powerfully even in those hard times in his life. That's what yeah. I've seen. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I remember a conversation a long time ago with a really dear friend of mine, brother, as we were traveling home from a young group weekend. And he just made the statement, it's a lot easier to thank the Lord for the valleys after you're out of them. And sometimes this hope, this, that we've, this expectation that we've built up, this time of proving and this, Surrender to a proposal is really a time of of deep soul searching. And then when that comes back, I know there can be a certain valley there for us that we really need to to walk through. And I love the way you said that. And I feel that in my heart. You know, when I look at the role that we play 
Brother Craig, there's things we do that I would say we do as an elder. That's it's it's our elder role. Some of it's administrative roles. It's just things that an elder does. But when you get to the point where you're back in front of someone that you love so dearly, I love that your your grace and mercy and tenderness. You know, we just want to shepherd them to trust, just to believe that God is almighty and he's all powerful. And we have the perspective of knowing people that have proposed more than once are in and are in really healthy, positive marital relationships where maybe even looking back, they can't figure out how they would have ever not been married to this person. Well, that's that's a little hard to to work your way through at the moment of delivering a no. And, and receiving a no. Uh, so we just want to be encouraged and trust that God's in control. And um, so that brings me to just a thought I want to share around that. And that would be that when I give a proposal, I really encourage confidentiality. I, I mean, I know that we need to seek counsel as we've received a proposal and work through that. So I just encourage that that's mature and highly confidential counsel. Our parents are a great place to go. We can be tempted sometimes maybe to over-communicate with peers. And I think sometimes just understanding who's really going to help me make this decision prayerfully from a godly perspective and who's going to give me the counsel that I really, really need. Because in the end, it's kind of like other areas of peace from God that that really happens between us and God. It's not the work of another man. And so I'm not minimizing that we need counsel, but I just really caution um, where and how we use that. Because if the no goes back, I just really feel like we owe the respect to the person who proposed that others don't know that that, or those that do know are like our parents would have walked that with us in a very confidential way. I don't know what your thought. You, I don't know if if I'm overly paranoid about that, but I just don't want to see hurt in, in those situations. Yeah. So again, I think it goes back to um, just surrendering up front in a, in how we deal with a no in our lives. So then, as an elder, and the sister wants to or feels led to tell a no, Terry, maybe you can explain what goes on in a sister's heart. Maybe Terry and Mary Beth can explain what actually goes on in in that decision to tell them no. Yeah, well, sometimes sisters, you know, they pray about it for quite some time and they just do not really feel any clear direction from God you know, one way or another. So they just don't feel like they can move forward with a yes without specific clear direction. And they don't feel anything negative towards the brother. um, And they don't want to hurt the brother's feelings. So that can be difficult for them sometime in extending a no, but yet they don't feel right um, moving forward, you know, with saying a yes and being engaged when there was no clear direction. So Mary Beth, yeah, how do you, what do you think of those thoughts as well? Well, I think just before she takes off on that, that's even probably particularly more awkward if it's a close relationship like yours was, where you're exposed to each other than if it's distant. 
Right. If you're in the same single group, that can be awkward. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I kind of interrupted you. May have thought. No, I just think it's important that, that the brother or the sister who is receiving the no understands that the other one also really proved this out and really wants to be in the will of God. And they also have to trust that they are listening to the spirit, not just going on their own preferences or their own desires, but really listening. And if they don't have a piece about it, it would not, it would not be fair to the brother or the sister, the proposer to, um, to give a yes, if it's not truly what they feel God's will is. So they also have a time of needing to sort that and to really stay close to the Lord in trust and in faith that he's truly speaking to their heart. Right. So I think a no answer can be difficult on both ends. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A growing searching, like you mentioned before, you brothers, about how intense that journey is for the proposer, that the one who received it also. Yeah. And I, I really just try to encourage them. You know, marriage is not the place to be a martyr. It's not a mission field. You know, this is this is much a much different commitment than that. It's not a temporary commitment. And so there does need to be a settled peace. And sometimes I don't know if we can explain why that can't come. And I've I've seen some that are just frustrated by the fact that it doesn't come. But I think finally we have to trust. So I don't think a no is easy to give. I, th- I think, Terry, that's maybe where you were headed with that. It, it's a difficult thing to give a no, right. don't you think? Right. Yeah. And also, um, I mean, with Craig and myself, of course, it was a yes. But then even in our engagement, Craig was starting to doubt. So, you know, my my faith needed to be strong and to know that, yes, this was supposed to be so that if, if one or the other starts to doubt a little bit, then it, it really needs to be proven out. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, so I think as we've reflected through these last two sessions, we just really tried to think about what happens after the proposal. You know, sometimes it's a yes, and we, we build that relationship around the faith acronym and all the tools. We, you know, hopefully we've exposed some tools, think through some tools. We use them differently as elders, but yet very common. And so hopefully we've exposed those and help us walk through that. And then also just feel the love and the tenderness and the responsibility, accountability, vulnerability we have to each other to work through disappointments and to lift one another up and then to point ourselves back to Christ, that our identity is in Christ and we can serve him of equal value, whether we're married or whether we're single. Thanks for listening. Around the Table is available on AC Central and now also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Pocket Casts. It is a production of Onward Media, a communications ministry of the Apostolic Christian Church.